it's so different than what we're reading about here. Here, a slave is saying, I don't want to be free. I want to stay with my master, and the slave is pierced. And with Jesus, he is saying, I can set you free, free from the penalty of sin and death, and give you an inheritance that's everlasting in the heavenlies, and have the Holy Spirit partake, enter into your life right now. I can set you free because I have been pierced in your behalf. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Tonight we're going to be looking at Exodus chapters 21 and 22. I titled the overall study, You Shall Be Holy. We've been going through the book of Exodus, of course, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and now at Mount Sinai, where Moses is on the mountain, just received the Ten Commandments. We learned of that in our last study, Exodus chapter 20. But God continues to give laws concerning how Israel should conduct themselves as a nation. They had been in slavery for 400 years. We don't know the exact amount of years that they were actually enslaved in Egypt, but they had been in Egypt a total of 430 years before their release. So they really didn't know how to conduct themselves as a nation, but more importantly, how to conduct themselves as the people of God. So God continues to give rules and regulations to help govern the people of Israel And he's doing this through Moses. And here we find in Exodus chapter 21, a key verse for me is in verse 6 that says, Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl. And he shall serve him forever. Now we'll talk about the reason why this is a key verse as we go through the study. But... Here in chapter 21, we find, as I titled this chapter, Pierced for Us, and we'll relate that to Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. Before we get into the teaching of God's Word, let's go ahead and ask God to bless the teaching of His Word tonight. Father, we thank You for 
your great gift of love that you have given us. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would be upon us and help us, Lord, to understand the importance of the laws that were given to the nation of Israel. In many ways, these things have been used in setting up the form of government that we have here in the United States. And we realize, Lord, as we, as a nation, us as a church, or individually perhaps as Christians, but as a nation, as the United States, pull away from faith in you. And they're questioning the very laws that come from your word. That we find the morality of this nation is falling quickly, quicker than any could imagine. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to hear uh, these rules, these regulations, the laws that you gave to Israel, Lord, was to teach them how they might conduct themselves as the people of God. And these are things worthy for us to hear as well today. We may not be able to relate totally, but Lord, help us to have understanding of the truths that you would have for us in the New Testament church this day, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in chapter 21, God continues to lay out laws for his redeemed to live by. And we find in verses 1 through 6, and I'll go ahead and just read the context for us. Exodus 21, verse 1. Now these are the judgments which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he shall serve six years and in the seventh year, he shall go out free and pay nothing. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife and she bore him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, my children, I will not go out free. Then the master shall bring him to the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost, and his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Although the children of Israel have been set free from the bondage of Egypt, some would acquire such debt that God allowed men to become indentured servants to their Jewish brethren for a period of six years. So Jews were allowed to become indentured servants to their Jewish brethren for a period of six years. Afterward, they were to be set free in the seventh year. Since we understand that a lot can happen in six years, God gives a few additional rules for indentured servants. If a man came in alone, he would leave alone. If he came in with his family, he would leave with his family. However, if his master gave him a wife and they had sons and daughters, then the man was the only one who was allowed to leave, to be free, because the wife and the children then belonged to his former master. Therefore, for the sake of his family, if a man wanted to remain, he would have to say, I love my master, my wife, my children. I will not go out free. And then the master would bring him to the judges and they would bring him to a door or doorpost and they would pierce his ear. They would mark him with this ring 
and he would serve him forever. The psalmist teaches us in Psalm 49.8 that the redemption of our souls is costly. It's costly because it has come by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That comes from 1 Peter 1.19. Therefore, since we were bought at a price, may we continually glorify God in our bodies, our spirits, which are God's. They belong to God, according to 1 Corinthians 6.20, because we have been bought with a price in the blood of Christ. And yet there's a great difference. We were not purest that we might serve our master. Our master, Jesus Christ, he was pierced in our behalf. Well, we go on and we learn in verses 7 through 11 laws concerning Hebrew female slaves. So there was a difference. We began in verses 1 through 6, talking about a Hebrew man, now a Hebrew woman. We begin in verses 7 through 9. If a man sells his daughter to become a female slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master, who has betrothed her to himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people, since he has dealt deceitfully with her. And if he is betrothed her to his son, he shall deal with her according to the customs of a daughter. Although Jewish women could not sell themselves into slavery, their fathers could. I know this sounds horrific, but remember, they occurred some great debt. They don't see any other way out. And to this day, people do this in other parts of the world. It's a horrible thing to contemplate. But God made laws concerning the customs. And if this occurred, when a father acuted debt that he could not possibly pay, and he sold a daughter, well then, he could not release that master would not be able to release the woman that he bought and the master maybe betrothing her to himself that meant that she would become a wife although he could not sell her to a foreigner her family then could redeem her if if the master decided that he did not want her any longer the family had the possibility of redeeming her if a master betrothed a slave to a son, from that point forward, she was to be treated not as a slave, but as a daughter-in-law. If the master took the slave as his wife, then married another woman, he was required, in verse 10 it tells us, that he should do three things for us. He should not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marriage rights. Uh, it was a custom in the days of the Old Testament for many of the men to have more than one wife. It wasn't what God had in mind, but it was allowable. It wasn't the best, but if it was to take place, he had to continue to treat her as one of his wives. He had to continue to feed her, to clothe her, and to have sexual relations with her. If he failed in any of these three things, she was allowed to go free 
without paying a price of redemption. So we get into verses 12 through 27, laws concerning murder. And although the sixth commandment plainly states, Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder, God gave Israel laws concerning intentional and unintentional killings. Therefore, Moses names a variety of crimes, their punishments for killing someone. In the case of an intentional murder, the murderer was to be put to death. If a death was proven unintentional, and the person who caused the death had to live in one of the six cities of refuge, and that'll be largely explained to us in Numbers 35, but once they came into the promised land, God set up six cities of refuge that were governed and where the Levites lived, governed by the Levites, who served at the temple of God. It was a place to where people could flee to for refuge. Numbers 35, 6 says, Among the cities which I give you, the Levites shall appoint six cities of refuge, which a manslayer may flee. So there were death penalties for those who committed premeditated murder in verse 14, killed a father or mother in verse 15, were guilty of kidnapping or selling a person in verse 16, or even for cursing their father and mother, also in verse 16. Regarding a person's father or mother, either striking or cursing them, went against the fifth commandment. Exodus 20:12 Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. Also in this law God had Moses write about if two men fought, one of the men was wounded with a rock and he died. So just picture two men in a, a battle, maybe one is losing and he realizes that he's in trouble. And he reaches out for anything, grabs a rock, strikes the other man, his opponent, and that man dies. That offender, the person who caused the death, is to be put to death. If he's wounded, if the man lives, then the offender had to pay his wages until he returned to a productive life. That's found in verses 18 and 19. I'm just summarizing some of these things since we have a lot of scripture to go through tonight. But Moses also set limits on the punishment of slaves. Where masters could be punished if they beat their slaves to death. Verses 20 through 21. If a pregnant woman was wounded so that she gave birth prematurely, then the offender had to pay the recompense as prescribed by the woman's husband and affirmed by the court of law in verse 22. So this is kind of key. It's talking about the value of life in the womb here in Exodus chapter 21, verse 22. If a woman is wounded by the offender, let's go ahead and read that verse. Verse 22, if men fight and hurt a woman with child. So two men are fighting. Perhaps a wife steps in to try to break it up so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no lasting harm follows. 
he shall surely be punished according to the woman's husband imposed on him, and he shall pay as the judge determined. But, in verse 23, if lasting harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We'll look at that in a moment. But if harm follows, so loss of life, whether of the mother or of the child, then recompense had to be made. But this time, it was a, a penalty of the crime committed, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a stripe for a stripe. So if a slave, we also find if they lost an eye or a tooth uh, resulting from a master's cruelty, a master striking them and knocking a tooth out, whether male or female, they were to be set free. They couldn't go to the local dentist and get a new implant, a, a new tooth to replace the ones that they had. So it wasn't really talking about anarchy here. Really, the cost of the crime was to be judged. But equally, Jesus addressed this in Matthew 5, 38 through 42, saying, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anybody wants to sue you or take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asked you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. So God gave laws to keep Israel from becoming like the lawless nations that surrounded them. Yet these judgments were not to be unjust or unfair. And they were to equal the crime that was committed. While the Mosaic law taught an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, Jesus taught us, though, here in the Christian church, we're to turn another cheek, <laughs> turn our other cheek, we only have one, go an extra mile. For the scribes and the Pharisees tried to follow the Mosaic law to the letter, but these were all outward works. They tried to follow the Mosaic law to the letter, but they truly had no inward change in their hearts. And we're to live as Christians by a higher standard by having these laws affect our inward being and soul. They also had laws concerning goring oxen or open pits. You know, they were an agrarian society. Animals, farming going on, people digging holes, all these things going on. The chapter closes with these laws concerning animals that wound or kill others. And these laws were applied if someone's animal killed a male or female, someone's servant, whether male or female, someone's animal. In each case, the animal was to be put to death. And depending on the circumstance, the animal could not be used for food or could be shared between the owner and the victim. In extreme cases, where the owner knew that his animal was dangerous, if he failed to 
properly confine or restrain a goring animal and someone died, the owner then could be put to death or pay the price of redemption required by the judges. And God even included a law about open pits. That can be dangerous, right? You don't dig a hole and leave it open without putting safety rails around it or to prevent people from falling in that a person or an animal might be injured. So they really didn't know how to conduct themselves as a nation, but more importantly, how to conduct themselves as the people of God. So God continues to give rules and regulations to help govern the people of Israel. So that brings us to the end of the chapter. I know I was summarizing a bit of this. These are laws, some of them we do not follow. We don't have servants today. We're not supposed to have servants today here in the United States. But we do have employees, so we can learn through these laws of how to properly uh, treat maybe people working under us. Uh, not everyone obviously has employees, but we have responsibilities. Parents have responsibilities to their children, to their family, uh, to their workplace. And these can help us gain a better understanding how we ought to conduct ourselves in this world as followers of Christ. So not every law can be rightly applied, an eye for an eye. Well, every time I read that, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and Jesus, which we already read, if he strikes you on the cheek, turn your other cheek also. My dad used to say from the pulpit when he preached, that the Bible doesn't say what we should do afterwards. And that's what he actually told me as a young boy as well, just father and son stuff. It's like, turn the other cheek, but, you know, you might have to defend yourself. And sometimes we might have to defend ourselves, but we need to know that what we are doing is just and that we are not the one committing the crime. I want to go back to verse 6. The key verse that I had in here. Then the master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the post. His master shall pierce his ear with an awl. And he shall serve him forever. When considering verse 6 in light of the New Testament, the followers of Christ attach themselves to Jesus as his servant. Yet, there's a stark difference from the Old Testament law to the New Testament in the sense that it was our master, Jesus, who was pierced for us. Zechariah 12.10 says, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they shall look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they shall mourn for him as one who mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one who grieves for a firstborn. We have been set free. It's so different than what we're reading about here. Here a slave is saying, I don't want to be free. I want to stay with my master, and the slave is pierced. And with Jesus, he is saying, I can set you free 
free from the penalty of sin and death and give you an inheritance that's everlasting in the heavenlies and have the Holy Spirit partake, enter into your life right now. I can set you free because I have been pierced in your behalf. And we thank you, Jesus, for the work that you have done that we might be set free. Father, thank you for your word and for these things that you have taught us here tonight. And we pray, Lord, that you would just help us to, in these laws going through the book of Exodus, some of these things apply rightly to the current circumstances of our life. Others, Lord, they were specifically written for the children of Israel in the times that they lived in. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to look through your word, to learn from it, to grow from it, that we might know how we ought to walk and to please God. May we love you, Lord Jesus, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.